But I, I want you to make a decision today is to recognize that what God is doing, there's always in the spirit realm a counter reaction to what God does. Because God is God. He's the one that's in control. But there's an enemy out there that wants you to see something different than what God's doing. And so today in the conclusion of the series that we have been doing, speaking of heroes, is I want you to know that there's a gift inside you ready to explode. There is a breakthrough in that's happening right now in the spirit realm, and there is a battle. And the battle is this, is between your mind and your spirit. Your spirit is saying the truth of what God said and who God is. Your mind is saying, but what about what I see? And I'm not trying to bring you into a, a place in your life, a religious place of life that puts your head into the sand and says, oh, well, God will do whatever he does. No, there's some responsibility that we have, and we're going to talk about that. But I want you to understand that God has designed you to be a hero in his kingdom. You have absolutely everything that you need to accomplish the task because the Holy Spirit, if you were born again, resides in you. We are all appointed to be someone's hero. Did you know that? I mean, I know Dodger baseball has begun, all the different things, and we see all our heroes on the baseball field. But I want you to know that you are a hero that God appointed you for someone else. Because when we recognize the kingdom of God, God gifts us so that we can touch other lives, so we can bring people to salvation, so we can bring people to a recovery in their life. In this series of real heroes, we have seen ordinary people just like us do extraordinary things. And that's God's plan, extraordinary things. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're extraordinary. Go ahead and just do that. Some of you said a little bit more. I don't know what you said. Hopefully it was good. In the Bible, we have talked about these examples of heroes in the Bible but I want you to know you are an example too. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17, it's not, they don't have the scripture. I'm going to read it to you. It says, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God called them. So turn your Bibles or your tablets to Acts chapter 9. And we're going to read verses 10 through 19, and we're going to see this hidden hero that I believe is the greatest example of us, of how it can transform us <clears throat> into a person that maybe for a while serving the Lord, you didn't think you had anything to give. You didn't think that you had anything 
uh, in your life to really provide for other people. When you hear of people's testimonies and hear of what God is doing, you say, yeah, that's good, but you know, that I've lived my whole life and I haven't really seen that and probably God hasn't gifted me like so-and-so. And I want to tell you that is a specific lie from the pit of hell that is lying to you and saying to you something that's not true. And we need a breakthrough. And I'm going to show you how an ordinary person like ourselves broke through and did some amazing things. I will even show you that in history, uh, Josephus, a historian of the day, even wrote of this guy and spoke of him in such a unique way of the things that he attained and things that he did, and the Bible doesn't tell us about it. So let's now read this amazing story of God using someone just like us. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. And Ananias said, yes, Lord. And the Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, which we will know that is Paul. He is praying to me right now. I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But the Lord exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things the man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. You ever been in fear of some things that you need to do? But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings. Remember, On the road to Damascus, Jesus came and met him. And remember after the the meeting that Paul was, Saul was blind, and then he was led into the place where he is. So this is part of that story. As well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul, He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. Notice all the descriptions, the physical needs, the emotional needs, the the, uh, physical problems, all that, that is in life today. I don't know about you, but this is just a really good story. And Ananias, I call the hidden hero. 
Many believers today don't believe they can do the great things that this man did. So let's pray. I want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, unleash your heroes. Amen. Short prayer, huh? See, I'm the one you should invite for Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) This story is really a pivotal turn in the book of Acts. Now, I'm going to share with you, the book of Acts should be called Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. Because these were all very, the apostles were all very ordinary men who did extraordinary things. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit that was in their lives. You have the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead inside you. So it's the story of Saul, later called Paul, And it's about his conversion experience and what God did for him, a breakthrough in his life. Now, did you know regarding Paul, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He's called Paul the Apostle. He gives us most of our theology. He explains justification, propitiation, the second coming of the Lord. Before He became one of our biblical heroes. He was one of Israel's greatest enemies. And I want you to recognize in the early church, he hated anybody who called on the name of Jesus. Saul was hunting them down. He was a person who held the coats of the people, the elders that stoned Stephen. He was a legalistic man and nothing could change him. (laughs) In what we thought. But I am thankful that we serve a God that pursues people that aren't nice. How many of you know people that aren't nice? Okay, most of you raised your hand. Some of you just didn't respond because you know people that aren't nice. But God doesn't give up on these people. God has not given up on you. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you've done. God has not given up on you. You are one of those normal, well, abnormally normal people And he is in pursuit of you today. No matter where you're at, no matter what type of culture you've been raised in, God pursues angry people. He pursues bitter people. He pursues stuck-up people, people that think they're better than other people. He is after all of us. Why? Because he has gifted you uniquely. As we did the baby dedication, notice the prophetic words, over these kids. And that is just something. Let me tell you, it doesn't take a village. It takes parents and grandparents to raise a child correctly in the kingdom of God. We need everyone with their, I'll use the word, testimony. 
to explain how big our God is in our world. Every culture, every language, we the church need everyone. Do not give up on yourself and don't give up on other people. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. They just need to recognize it. Now, in this story was Saul, and he is tracking down believers, and God was tracking him down. So let me ask a question now. Let me just kind of bring us into this thought process. Have you ever made plans, and you began down that road knowing this is exactly what I'm supposed to do, and everything changes? You knew that God said this, Matter of fact, you thought some people had prophesied over you, and they've said things over you, and you knew it, but everything changed. Proverbs 19.21 says this, There are many devices in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord, that's what's going to stand. What God is saying to you in the midst of chaos, or as we talked about uh, during Easter, the mess, God is the one that will bring the miraculous, and in much cases, the miraculous comes from your gifting exploding outside of you and touching other people. You are the answer to someone else's prayer. You are the ordinary person that God, by the Holy Spirit, through your will, will do extraordinary things. And we need not to give up on the situations that maybe some of us have given up on before. Now, again, Saul, later Paul, has papers. He is authorized to arrest believers in Damascus. In that moment, Jesus, who had already ascended and is sitting on the right hand of the Father in heaven, Jesus, who was making intercession for the church, decides to come back and makes an appearance in the life of Saul. Now, can you picture with me for a moment? He appears through a cloud and says, Saul. And then he says, in my words, geez, Saul, what in heck are you doing? He said uh, a, a famous scripture You're even kicking against the goads. You think you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing for God. And literally, you are doing everything obstinate to God. And I want you to understand that that bitterness, that anger, that unforgiveness, those things are the tools that the enemy uses to get us into that realm where we're so religious-minded, we're no earthly good. And what God is trying to do is bring us outside of ourselves and into who he is in our lives so that we can begin to see things the way God sees them. Notice again, Paul was blinded. Saul, you're not persecuting them, speaking of Israel, but you're really persecuting me. 
I found when I am not thinking of others, when I am not allowing God, in spite of the turmoil that at times through the years that I've gone through, if I'm not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and allowing myself, my gifting to be used for the kingdom of God, what happens is God will come and meet me somewhere. Because I'm blinded to what God is wanting to do through me. This ordinary guy, he wants to do something extraordinary. It's the same with you. So let me tell you a truth I get from this. Jesus literally said, if you are picking on me, then Jesus, my big brother, who is Lord, is going to come after you. How many of you have just really gone into areas of life? And let me just give you this wisdom. We're moving into a breakthrough Sunday. This Saturday we'll be praying at 8 o'clock in the morning, 8 to 9, for the Sunday. We have sent out uh, scriptures so that you can prepare yourself for recovery, for healing, for salvation, for whatever it may be. And we're going to really focus on that from worship, every aspect of that. that. That Jesus says, you mess with me, you are messing with all of heaven. And in the process of getting to the breakthrough, the enemy comes in with something opposite. He comes in with things in your life from family to friends to work to money to whatever it is to get your mind off of what God is doing that you are coming in, we are coming in as a body of Christ with our giftings, with the Holy Spirit coming in agreement that when we're in agreement that the power of God moves and people will be healed and people will recover because of you. Not just the pastor. I'm included in the ordinary person that does extraordinary things because why? I'm in obedience to the things of the Lord like you are. You are a hidden hero waiting to happen. And I'm asking you to challenge yourself today, tomorrow, the next week, to really get yourself in line to what God is saying because when you give, it's given back to you way much more. You are blessed because you are blessing. Now, so with that revelation, you can actually, after the service, after the message, and I dismiss, you can actually put your chest out and strut out of here. Because what God has in store for you. Now, don't get in pride with that because Jesus might appear to you. Jesus comes and says, what are you doing, Saul? Because this ordinary guy did extraordinary things for the enemy because he listened to the wrong voice. He became religious. 
He listened to the wrong voice instead of having a relationship with the one true God. Saul is shocked. And all his intellectual, bottom line, and you study history, Paul was a smart cookie in this world. And Saul is shocked, and all his intellectual uh, prowess and knowledge goes away. And he became very vulnerable. You ever been there? Saul answers, I don't know. Who are you, Lord? That's the picture right there. He thinks he's doing everything for God. And then he says, I don't know. Who are you? And in this story, we're not going to read it because of time. He's the only one that is hearing Jesus. And when he comes out of this moment, again, he cannot see. He is totally blind. For the first time, here's the spiritual picture. For the first time, Saul is experiencing naturally what he has always been experiencing spiritually. What he was living out in his life was literally deception and blindness. And at that point, Jesus uses this example to him to show him where he was spiritually. And he couldn't figure it out. He didn't know who the Lord was. He couldn't figure him out. He was blinded by legalism. He was blinded by his emotion. He was blinded by self-righteousness. He was blinded by formulas. That literally what we try to do when we get into religion, we try to make God like us. We try to bring God into our thinking, our cultural thinking. We try to bring God into the way we think things should be. And that's not how it is. God is God, and we are created in his image and his likeness. And you and I are to live this life in a full way. Everything becomes about what you feel when you face these things. Anytime you are disconnected from your Savior, you are led by your emotions and your senses. So understand, when you get to a place emotionally, you don't feel like you can handle it, you've disconnected with God. So what I'm trying to give you is ordinary people doing extraordinary things because those little deceptive things along the way along your journey, doesn't push you to the side or cause you to get focused on something else. Get focused on the problem. Get focused on what people say. I have watched in the last two weeks because I have proclaiming the leadership. Tonight I have a leader meeting and I'm going to proclaim some prophetic vision and direction of the church and God is doing great things. And, and I want to tell you, I can't tell you how many times, you know, from, from someone bumping into a car and, and doing this and doing that and, and people that I'm really good friends with are in the hospital. My brother, I get a phone call this week, he was, he's in the hospital trying to sway my thinking of what God is saying. Now, do I, am I taking care of my brother? Absolutely. Do I love my brother? Absolutely. Am I working with a friend? Absolutely I am. Am I getting frustrated and getting self, you know, things in my own life and thinking, 
you know, well, you know, I'm doing all this for you, God, and why are you allowing this to happen and everything? No, I, you know what? I'm focused. I'm focused. And there are times I know, just like you, ordinary person, that my emotions at times can get out of line. At times I can say, man, I am just so tired of this. What's going on? And I start focusing on something. Well, I'll tell you, I'm just like you. But let me tell you what I'm telling you is here's the process. That's going to happen every time. You're, tr- you're getting to a breakthrough in your life. You're going to face, and I'm going to say it, hell on earth. You're going to face challenges. You're going to face things. You're going to see things in your home. You're going to see things in your business. You're going to see things in your finances, all kinds of stuff to get you out of what God is saying. And what is God saying to you? He's saying, I'm going to use you, the ordinary person, to do extraordinary things. Keep your focused on that your gifting is going to explode and touch other people. I'm going to pause there for a second because I want you to get it. Because there are times you don't feel like praying. Some of you are going through this hell on earth, and Saturday morning, this Saturday, you don't want to be in prayer because you're ticked at God. I don't feel like serving. I think I'm just going to call in sick where we believe in healing. I think I'm going to call in sick and not help with the children today. We believe in healing. Come on, let's pray for you and then go help the kids. Someone hurt me. Someone didn't do. When I was in my vulnerable state, no one was there for me. That's what the enemy does. And he does it with every one of us. The only difference we're going to find with Ananias is even though he stated, hey, this is the dude that's killing Christians. You want me to go where? You want me to do what? Hmm. Notice what I'm going to show you what he said at the very beginning in a moment. We stop moving by faith. Instead, we move by what we feel. But the wonderful thing about Saul's blindness is that he can hear things in a better way. That's true. When someone is blind, they hear better. And when someone is deaf, there's an ability to really see things, to watch the mouth move so they can read the lips. We walk by faith and not by sight. So with all of this, the Lord is so cool. Scripture tells us he goes to a place, listen to this, to a street called straight, to straighten Paul out. I mean, that's just, when I read Scripture, I just see all those things. It wasn't called San Anita or Bodger. It was called Straight Street. Ananias goes to Judah's house. Saul sits in darkness for three days, wondering what is going on. That's the picture. Saul is now isolated spiritually and relationally because he was famous of doing the wrong thing. If he would call a priest, now the priest would arrest him because now he believes in Jesus. So he couldn't do that. He can't call believers because all the believers are afraid of him and he's sitting there not being able to see 
But he could hear, and he couldn't see a thing. Saul is isolated. Now, please hear me what I'm going to say here. When God wants to do a transformation in your heart, we're we're going into breakthrough, but here's the battle again. When God wants to do a transformation in your heart, he leaves you alone. He leaves you alone. How many of you, when you're going through something, you feel like God's not answering your prayers? Some of you might go. But let me just tell you, if you're not careful, you will mistake being alone for loneliness. I'll say it again. If God wants to do transformation in your life, he leaves you alone. And he does it for a purpose, and I'm going to show you that in a second. But if you're not careful, you will mistake being alone for loneliness or being lonely. No one cares. No one's around. These are two different things. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus is led into the wilderness for 40 days and left alone. This is Jesus. No sin. And he's left alone. But Jesus is not lonely. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit is with him and in him, guiding him through that season, the 40 days. So that's why Jesus could handle the deception of the enemy when he says things that are not of the word. Three times he says, I know you said this, but the word says this. God says this, and I believe this. Even though what I feel, because he's hungry, and, and all these emotions are there, but Jesus makes a decision to abide by this. And it produced an example of a character that produced three and a half years of the greatest life that ever lived on this earth. His name is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Saul the villain is left vulnerable. The Holy Spirit is working on him in that alone time. Saul is in desperate need of a hero. Here's my main thought of this story, and then I'm going to give you some points of how to live through this journey like Ananias did. Of all the people of that day, God could have called, he could have called Peter, he could have called John, Apollos, all the famous names of the day, but God calls this random guy named Ananias. Who was he? He's only mentioned in the Bible, Acts chapter 9, but Josephus mentions him and that he was one of the main guys that started a church in another city and it was one of the most impactful churches of the history of Israel. That was Ananias. Ananias is is isolated in this moment, used by God to be this hidden hero to do an incredible miracle on behalf of Jesus. Ananias is just this guy who is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He is in his house and gets tapped on the shoulder. Ananias, 
Saul says, who are you? Ananias says, yes, Lord. But if you study the scripture, the yes, Lord, is not only an action of responding to his name, but it's also a reaction to saying, yes, sir, I'm here for you, Lord. Ananias said yes before God told him what he wanted him to do. God didn't tell him where to go yet, but his answer was yes. God didn't tell him what to be, but he answered yes. Now follow this thought. Ananias stated his obedience before he got the command. Knowing the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside would enable him to accomplish the command. I'm going to say it a little bit different. I wrote that down because I wanted to make sure I said what I was supposed to say. But I want you to just recognize we have to get to a place as ordinary people of saying yes to everything God asks. Well, but pastor, I love Jesus. I go to church. I'll say it again. We have to get to a place in our journey that it's yes to everything the Lord wants us to do. Because if we don't, we will begin to question. Excuse me. We will begin to question. We'll begin to uh, see the things and believe things that are not true. God had to blind Saul, later Paul, so that he couldn't see anymore, but he could hear. Where does faith come from? Hearing of the Word of God. So the Lord says, I want you to visit Judas on Straight Street. There's a man named Saul from Tarsus, and he is praying to me right now. Now, my response would be this. What'd you say, God? Talk to who? He's that killer guy, isn't he? Right? How many of you? Prayed, you heard God, and you said, but God, I can't do that because. Lord, do you know who this guy is? Questioning God. And you want me to go to his house? And the Lord said, yes, and Ananias said, okay. So Ananias walks out his door with no GPS to lead him. I mean, notice that. Ananias is just led by the person living inside him. There are times when you begin your journey and you're facing the stuff you're facing that you don't know what to do. But you're still in obedience and you still have the yes. He's just walking down the street, turn left, continues walking, turn left again. There's straight street, go up straight, third house on the left. The Holy Spirit's telling him this. Judas answers the door. Ananias says, hey, <laughs> I don't know you, and you don't know me, but there, is there a guy here? You know, it would be cool if he wasn't, if he was gone, because I'm still afraid of him. Is there a guy here named Saul? Is he blind too? Yes. And Ananias goes, sweet, let's, let's do this. So Judas, he's in the back and hasn't said a lot, but just praying. 
And, and I want you to understand is, here's the point, that Ananias really didn't know Saul. He heard of him. You see, you may not know the fulfillment yet of what God's going to do, but God does. God knows. I want you to understand, balcony downstairs in the foyer, you might not know why right now or even what right now. You're just following the GPS of the Holy Spirit. But God knows. That's where your trust in the journey needs to be. And I'm not talking about, well, you know, God knows more than I do, and God's going to show you. But it takes a person that says, yes, use what you've given me to touch somebody else's life. It's not about me anymore. I learned this years ago. My ministry, everything I am is not about me. God takes care of me. I can give you, here's the word again, testimony of what God has done for me because at times I've given everything I had, everything from clothes to money to to cars, you name it, because God said so. And I didn't have money in the background to cover for it. But God took care of me. Ananias turns into Saul's hero. This random guy that no one knows. And for all you scholars, this is not the Ananias in Acts chapter 5. That Ananias died. Ananias did three things. I was telling you about this that made him a hero. Here's the first thing. And this is every one of us, we learn from this hidden hero the real keys of going through the tribulation, going through the situation, whether it's good or bad, going through it and succeeding, getting on the other side. What's the other side? Helping someone else, being someone else's hero, and God becomes your hero. Here it is. First one. Follow, or followed. He followed. He followed the voice of God straight into the midst of fear and doubt without concern for himself. If you're going to be God's hero, you need to follow God. Even if it's uncertain, follow. Even if you're uncomfortable, you need to follow. Follow his voice because God has already prepared for his power to accomplish the task. I want you to understand, this is, this is my faith according to the Word of God, that God has already set things up to succeed. But I'm going to say it in a natural way, but at times I screw up because I'm looking around because of all the vast knowledge I have and all the years of being in ministry that this is what God is. Now, what? is God saying to you? Follow. Follow his voice because God has already prepared it. And sometimes you don't know exactly 
the full story. Here's the second thing. He fellowshiped. Think about it. He walks into Saul's room, and the first thing he says to Saul, Brother Saul. Brother Saul. Here is my thought about that. He knew that Saul needed fellowship because Saul was hurting. But, Pastor, Saul caused the death of many Christians. Yes, he did. He did. But he said, Brother Saul, when you are empowered to become one of the Holy Spirit's heroes, you turn foes into friends. You turn foes into friends. Now, a little caveat of that, just understand, some of the foes will never turn around. But you do it the right way. You don't do anything that you regret in the midst of your turmoil so that later on you have to face the result of that. When you are empowered again by the Holy Spirit, you turn foes into friends. Ananias, knowing Saul's past, what God told him took place. And bottom line, he didn't manipulate Saul. He doesn't talk down to Saul. He receives him as a brother. So let's choose to encourage these who have messed up so they can receive a miracle. Some of you watching online, you love Jesus with all your heart, but you will never fellowship in a church because you've gotten hurt. I'm telling you, you need to turn foes into friends. And you need to attend church again because there's a power of agreement when we come together as a church. This guy, no one knows, lays his hands on Saul, who became one of the greatest apostles. The Bible says Saul is filled with the Holy Spirit and scales pop out of his eyes. Here's the third. He facilitated. Ananias didn't pass around handkerchiefs like Paul did later on. Remember that story? That they would put handkerchiefs on Paul's body and then take it to their home and people would get healed? Ananias didn't do that. But, but that's, a, that's a powerful ministry. Well, if God tells you to do it, do it. Or his shadow didn't heal people like Peter. Remember the story? Peter would walk and even his shadow would bring healing in people's lives. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor, missionary that everybody writes about. He was infused with faith of what God said and did what God said to do. An ordinary person that God did extraordinary things through. Let me close with some of these statements. God is releasing heroes from this place. This is very prophetic. Others have prophesied. And you're being released to be a hero in every facet of your life. But it needs to be a choice of saying, yes, I'm going to do that. 
He wants to take what is hidden in you and change others. Okay. Everyone understand this. What is hidden in you? There are still things hidden in me. And my prayer every single day of my life is, Lord, release those hidden things because I want to be a blessing. I want to touch other lives. I want others to know what I know. I don't want them to be pastor like I am. I want them to be them. I want to receive and accept who they are called to be. And I want to see them succeed. I want to see you succeed. We need more heroes that don't need recognition or credit either. I have learned there are a lot of things that I do in life that no one knows but me or my wife and I. And maybe once in a while, a few things, others. Ananias didn't need a ministry from this experience either. You mean, pastor, that there's a gift in me and I got a ministry? Well, we're all called to minister. But let's not put titles on them. Let's put Jesus on it. Let's just start doing the things that God's called us to do. And, you know, there are people that won't accept you. You know why? Because they're bitter, they're angry, they're frustrated, and they've said no to God. And they're blinded. They're blinded. Some people are very religious. They're blinded of the truth of the Word of God. But in this place, we're going to see God break through and see everybody set free. That they can see and know the truth of the word. Let's all stand. There's a couple more statements. Pride prevents. Humility heals. I'll say it again. Pride prevents. Humility heals. Scripture says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that in due time, the right time, the right season, the time frame in your journey, he will bring it out. That's the God that I serve. That's the God that you serve. The power of the Holy Spirit that's in me it's the same power of the Holy Spirit if you're born again. It's in you. And if you're not born again, guess what? We're a church that believes in getting born again. God just doesn't, you get born and two years later says, okay, you're mine. Amen. It's a choice. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So how do you, how do you get saved? You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and the Bible says you shall be saved. And 95% of you know what I'm going to say next. And if you were a nerd before you were born again, right after you're born again, you know what you are? You're a born-again nerd. And now your journey starts. And if you learn 
what Ananias did. Make that a priority in your life. I promise you, you will be a hero for others. And I really promise you, God has already become your hero. He will break through in your life. Ordinary people doing incredible things. That's you. So let's just rejoice with each other. Let's just get excited about one another, of what and who you are in Christ. And let's live this life with joy in our hearts. Let's win our communities to Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me pray. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord that just transitions us into a place of obedience and success. And I proclaim now in Jesus' name, all is well. There is nothing on this earth, nothing in the pit of hell that can hinder what you've called us to accomplish. All we have to do is say, yes, Lord, I'm here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. See you all Saturday at 8 o'clock in the sanctuary.